That's my new name. Sorry for the yawn. I'm sorry for the yawn. Is your band for what genre? Is the name of your what band? Mm. Sorry for the yawn. I feel like it would be a... Gosh. I don't know. I'm sorry for the yawn. Because, like, it's either got to be, like, like is ironic it early 2000s or punk? Or that was the first direction I was thinking. Some sort of weird indie folk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning not indie folk because I just, like, don't. It's just not my not my thing, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like I've got... I'd have to have two bands then. Because if I'm going to make, like, an early 2000s pop... Or punk, I mean... Like, I got another one that's got to come first. Sure. But, or that, I guess that could be more like, nah, it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be like some sort of punk girl. Yeah, anyway. Sorry. I just trailed off and for nothingness. Uh, where, What are we talking about? Well, you yawned, and then I asked oh, a hypothetical yeah. question about a band name. Yes. I, I definitely <laughs> think it's not the folk one. Not the fo- okay, so so like an early two thousands punk rock. Like this is this is our Green Day cover band. Is mm-hmm. I'm sorry for the yawn. Yeah, that works for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I have important information that might affect how we talk for the next few episodes. I mean, I'm sure it's important information that you also have, but now I have it, which is that Matt has not listened to this show for who knows how long. Oh, which means we can we can refer to him with impunity. Oh yeah. I mean, we I, would anyway. I kind of knew. But I kind of like, knew it, but I never. Yeah. I wasn't certain. Yeah, and he's been spending a lot of time in a vehicle recently. So, like, I know I, he nerd. said that he'd start listening to OHAC again. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Well, it was funny because he was like, oh yeah, I haven't been listening to Comical Start at all.' And who know? Like, I don't know what his like concept of time is. You know, he's <laughs> like, but I have been listening to OHAC, and we determined that it's probably been up at least a year and a half, if not two years, since he's actually listened to an episode of it. Mm-hmm. But that's what he considers to be like, that's the one that he's actively listening to. Mm-hmm. So who knows how how long ago he dropped off this one. Yeah. I don't feel like he listens to podcasts very often. No, evidently not. So, But I I told him that, that him dropping off Comical Start was just a blimp in our massive num- a blip in our massive numbers. Didn't mm-hmm. even notice. Mm-hmm. Didn't even register. You know, we blew up long ago. That's right. He don't matter to us. That's right. He's treating us like for... trash, and little does he know, he's the one who's trash. Ooh, got him. JK, heart you, bro. Got him. But uh, the the result of him visiting is that uh, I, he's now going to consider getting an electric guitar. Mmm. Because I guess it never really occurred to him, and then he played one of mine, and was just like, oh, wow, this is really nice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I lent him three discs for the rest of his trip. Oh, because he forgot to bring any disc golf discs with, with him. Yeah, for this voyage, which is just a ridiculous oversight, if you ask me. Yeah, because it's a great opportunity for stuff like that. Yeah, it totally is. I recently learned how important it is to adventure around and not like fall into a routine of disc golfing. Because Inter- oh, okay, I. The beginning of that sentence made it feel like this was turning into a very philosophical thing about life, but it's in the context oh. of disc golf. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's just okay. a very specific anecdote about disc golf <laughs> of like... Okay, you tried out a new course. <laughs> yeah, tried out a new course, uh, and it was wonderful. 
it was absolutely wonderful. It's like, how have I never been here before? Nice. Yeah. Are you and willing so, to disclose it, well, your location to a sufficient degree that I can look up this course? Uh, it's it's the other eighteen hole course. Uh, in the area. In the area. Okay. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. Um, on the map of the country. <laughs> yeah. The it's near. Is it's like near a place so where rocks are procured. There's so many. Okay. The issue with that's looking not going to help you at all. The issue with looking up things on UDisc is that there's so many courses that like trying to see the city names when you're like zoomed out is oh. extremely difficult. And now I'm so like messed up about where the heck I even am. Okay, so there's the correct state. Now where are you? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, can I like? Okay. 18 plus courses, 18 plus holes. That's the first thing. Is it a free course? Can I at least filter it that much? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. I figured it would be. There's no way you would play a paid course. <laughs> All right, there you are. All right, I see three in the area. Uh Oh, I guess there is a third that I've never done, uh, but that's a little bit and further away. I don't away. actually even see the one that we played, I don't think. Oh, maybe there's more that I don't even What's know about. That we played. Am I looking at the right city? No, I was like so thrown off. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, long story short, because we were going to the other one, the one where we played, uh, mm-hmm. and we got there and we we're like, yo, this parking lot's a lot more full than it normally is. This dog park must be lit this morning. Uh, and then we like looked out of the dog park and we were like, there's not that many dogs here. It seems like it's actually kind of like dead. Uh, and then we got over the first hole and there's like six dudes just chilling by the first hole in like a van. And we we're like, oh wait, is there a tournament or something? Oh no. And there definitely was a tournament going on. That's tough. Which, like, that's definitely on us for not, like, checking or anything, but... It's tough. Like, so the first time earlier this year, I, I probably told this story, but the first time I tried to bring some of our friends to a disc golf course that I really like, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the one that's farthest away that I go to regularly. So already is kind of, like, a bit of a big commitment, you know? Mm-hmm. And we show up, and it's just like, oh, yeah, there's a tournament going on. And uh, in some ways, I felt bad... Like, luckily, there was still space that we could just kind of screw around. I know these people had played before. Like, it's fine. We just kind of messed around with a couple of, like, putters or whatever. But, like, I I felt bad for not knowing this. But then once I learned that there was one, I started, like, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm tapped into the disc golf scene, roughly speaking. And so I know where things tend to be posted. And, and it, it wasn't. It took me several minutes to figure out the one yeah. place where info about this tournament was. Which sucks because there's like there's a few standard places where this info should be posted, but instead it's just like no, you roll up and there's just like a bunch of like signs, you know, hammered into the ground, being like, "Hey, there's a tournament today." Like, yeah. Oh, cool. Great. I was slightly annoyed because like I definitely didn't look up online or anything, mm-hmm. but like there was zero signage, and I'd been there earlier That's that week, and so there was like no indication that there was going to be anything. Which is, like, frustrating and stuff. But, like, also, like, I don't know. If you're having an event, you'd think you'd want to have people at the event. Like, it's I feel tough. Like so the, I don't know. Or maybe it, it would get too busy. I don't know. So I will tell you that there are... So assuming it was a sanctioned tournament, which are means that it's, like... disc golfers? Well, no. I'm just saying that assuming that it is a sanctioned tournament, which means that, like, it is officially... 
like following the rules of the PDGA officially registered with them, which means that like it's it's like a whole thing. You have to be a member of the PDGA to join the tournament. Um, it affects mm-hmm. like your rating, like all this sort of stuff. Like if it is that kind of tournament, no matter what level of tournament it is, disc golf got popular enough during COVID that mm. a lot of these signups like they get eaten up immediately. Like if the tournament's announced like a few months earlier and signups are posted and like it's full completely within like a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they're not, they have no need to advertise for the sake of popularity. Okay. They should still certainly advertise for the sake of people like you not being put out, at least give people a chance because all they're doing is inviting. Cause you guys understood the situation and you dealt with mm-hmm. it. There are people who, like, even if there are signs at their local park, may just be like, screw it, whatever. I'm sure no one will notice if I just start playing. Yeah. You know? And those are the people that you actually should, like, for your own sake to run a good tournament, you should be defending against this by making it explicitly clear that you have, like, obtained permits to do this and mm-hmm. you have, like, the authority to like not allow people on there if you're not a part of the event that it's for yeah you know yeah you feel like there would be something anything at least ours had signs even though you didn't see it until you drove 45 minutes to get there and then all of a sudden there are signs <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm. but thank you found for- a new course yeah and so it was a course that one of the people i was playing with uh had been before it was also like way more convenient for all of us in terms of like location it was like half the distance for all of us so Mm -hmm. it was like oh why yeah like because he told me about this place before and like Mm -hmm. just mentioned it like offhandedly but never like said like oh yeah let's go here and i was kind of like why have you never pushed more like this is like two blocks from your where you live yeah (laughs) and this is great and is Uh, it like you know, a, a good enough course, like in terms of quality. I mean, that whole area has is very good for disc golf, but I would say it's pretty decent. It it's very different from the one that we were on, mm-hmm. um, in that it's like it's I th- it's better for me because it's more open. Okay, that is nice. There's a lot more distant difference in elevation as well, hmm. um, which was very fun because it's something I've never done before. I've never got to just like just freaking launch it downhill and actually get to see the disc like do the thing it's supposed to do where it goes like woo woo. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so that was very fun and then exclaim, Oh my god, it did the thing and then there's like some just group of dudes behind us <laughs> that clearly heard me just scream it did the thing. That's awesome. Uh oh, okay. I was just looking at the wrong city. I'm being dumb. But yeah, no, it was very it was very nice. I enjoyed it. Sweet. I thought it was it was decent. Yeah, I don't know. It was also like less busy than the other one is. Maybe mm-hmm. it was just because like there was a tournament going on at the other one that day, so Yeah. People in the area who cared enough were at the tournament, I don't know, but Well and I think locals develop like you know they they they'll have an opinion about what course they would prefer to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a good reason that for example I, I learned I didn't even know there is actually a disc golf course at Elm Creek in the summer. Mm. Like half of the holes are just like on the sledding hills. And then there's like some in the woods. Hmm. And uh, it's not as popular because it's not as good of a course. 
But at the same time, if you live on that side of the cities and you don't want to go down to like Eden Prairie to play at Bryant Lake, then like it gets the job done. You still get to go play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a very different kind of course. But I would imagine that there's just like in, in the in that area where there's at least a few courses, you know, within a short distance and then probably several more if you're willing to go a little bit farther and you don't mind. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who like really cares, then, you know, I, I wouldn't be like, it's, it's seems obvious to me, even not having played any others in that area that the one that you and I played at would be pretty popular. Cause it just seems like it's well-maintained. It is the course is just the course and there's like a whole other park area there, but like the park area does not seem to like mishmash into the, the disc golf part at all. Right. Mm-hmm. which is important because I've played many courses in, in the Twin Cities and even at the one I like playing in Oakland where there's just like paths that people can just sort of like wander in mm. and then you have to just be aware of that and then they get all frustrated and stuff and you know it looks like having those multi-use things are good but not like fun <laughs> for either party yeah a couple weeks ago, I was at a another course that is not nearly as nice. It's much more of like a multi-use area, mm-hmm. and there's definitely an awkward moment. Says like being somebody on the course of like, I don't know. I felt somewhat subjected to this awkward interaction of like just someone getting upset when, like, I understand why. Like, like they were they were on like one hole. Somebody else was on the previous hole. Mm-hmm. Had. I don't know, like, it's still driving, technically, right? Like, they they shot off the tee, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and, like, nearly hit these other people at the next tee. Mm. And these peop- one of these people at the next tee was furious. Yeah. But I'd already been through that hole. You cannot see the next tee from that previous hole. Mm-hmm. Dude had no idea he almost hit people until some dude is like, running at him screaming holding a disc well i i bet that it's one of those things where like no in that situation first of all people are just going to respond how they that's the kind of person who would you know very quickly use their horn let's say yeah it was Uh, just like it was i i can understand like like oh let me actually do that for for clarity for so that i know is the t-pad of the next hole kind of close like like reasonably close to the basket or like is this what did the person make a bad enough shot that they should have realized they were doing a bad shot and probably should have said something no matter what well it was yeah it was a fairly bad shot but like i think for this course i don't think it was that bad of a shot Mm -hmm. like it's a i don't know one of the people i was playing with described as it's kind of a course for babies sure like like there are no obstacles on this course. Yeah. Uh and so or really that hole is the only one with like trees anywhere around it. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of mirac or unfortunate that it was like shielded. But like I don't know. I like if I had done the shot, I would have never even like thought about saying anything. Sure. That's fair. That, that was just context that I that I think is helpful. The person was reacting like they thought somebody was, like, intentionally trying to hit them. Yeah. And it just, like, 
unless there had been a previous altercation between the two individuals, which I'm almost certain there wasn't, like, it made no sense. Uh, and it was just weird. And then, like, the next hole, we, like, my group, like, we kind of waited an extra 30 seconds because there was a kid's soccer team walking right across in front of us. And we were like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Especially after seeing that happen. Yep. That's fair. But it was, yeah, it was just kind of, it was kind of wild. Cause it was like, whoa. I don't know. Maybe this person got hit by a disc before. It's very sensitive about it. Or maybe they're just in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah, it's just it was just one of those times where it's like one person not feeling great about something just kind of like brings on the mood for everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Grant, you know what I say to that? Yeah? Cheer up, emo kid, by Enzo Comics. We begin with a uh, camera shot of the exterior of a building. Uh, we have like a street out in front. There's a car parked. Uh, a very kind of awkwardly awkward looking car, I would say, by everything about it. But that's not important. Um, it's just like a generic kind of, you know, building made up of rectangular prisms. And uh, we see uh, speech bubbles coming from within the interior. Bright pink speech bubbles that say... Welcome to the art school of arting and learning. Are you looking to apply here? And we get to the interior of the building where the uh, woman standing at the desk is uh, wearing uh, glasses that I think of as like like uh, horn-rimmed old lady glasses, but I think they're coming back into style is my understanding. Uh, this whole comic is very grayscale, so her bright pink bow and bright pink lipstick uh, stands out quite a lot. Uh, we have a character standing um, uh, at the desk, kind of like putting his hands up, wearing a backpack, and he begins saying, uh, Yeah, hi, I'm just looking. And the woman interrupts, Congratulations, you've been pre approved for pre admission. Please provide your payment information. And uh, we kind of turn go from a back shot from behind the desk where we now see that this woman is sitting. And uh, our character with the backpack is looking like uh, eyebrow raised, pretty surprised and says, wait, what? I, I don't have any money. And the woman happily responds, oh, sorry, your application has been pre-denied. Please feel free to re-pre-apply at a later date. And... Uh, the guy uh, with the backpack kind of puts his hand on his chin and says, my dad can pay, though. And the woman says, congratulations, you've been re-pre-approved for pre-admission. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I appreciate your opinion. I do also think it is nice. Uh, <laughs> don't you? Or maybe it's just me. But do you get so much, so many spam offers for credit cards? Uh, yes, I do. It feels like most of them are from about the same four, um, like credit card companies or promotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do get, I do get an extra like little shot of adrenaline, or maybe it's the reverse. I can what more accurately of- prepare for their arrival due to USPS. Uh, informed delivery. So every morning that I have mail that's expecting to come, I get a little email that tells me mm. what's going to be coming with mm. typically pictures so I can see that I'll be having a credit card offer from Capital One 
and a personal loan pre-approval from Discover Bank and, you know, the Minnesota Alumni Association begging me for money. Mm-hmm. It's it's very thrilling. It's a thrilling email to get at 8 in the morning. So, so I'm prepared when I go check the mail at 2 p.m. Makes me, more efi- makes me more efficient when I go to chuck it all in the recycling bin that's underneath the mailboxes. Mm-hmm. Wow. I... I had no idea this was a thing. Yeah, it's great. I don't know when I first learned about it. Honestly, it was sometime in the last year. I haven't had it for that long. Yeah. I I knew about like things like USPS or not UPS and FedEx have this sort of thing, but that makes sense. It makes sense that like a private company would have something like this Mm -hmm. where they just do tracking numbers on everything. But the informed delivery, it's actually really nice. And they also do packages, so they will let you know. Like, if USPS is fulfilling a package, yeah. you will get a notification about it. And they do tell you, like, oh, this package is expected tomorrow or in two days or soon, if they don't quite know. Mm-hmm. And that was very nice when, uh, like, our experience with this was back when Aaron was getting her passport. We were trying to make sure that it arrived in time. And I got the USPS informed delivery about it before she got a notification that it was like <laughs> going to be there on time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every once in a while I'm like baffled by the USPS, uh, like baffled in like a good way. <laughs> you know, like it's something like how did I not know that you like actually like do good things? Yeah, because like okay, the other thing is I'm just thrown off a little bit, but it's this USPS dot com. Uh huh. Because USPS is like the federal postal like they're yeah like you know it's some weird like limbo between like a public thing and a well exactly there's like the people the annoying people in the world who want to believe that the usps is like supposed to be some sort of independent company that can run everything on its own at cost you know Mm -hmm. and refuse to acknowledge that like public services like the postal service you know the a service Mm -hmm. should be subsidized much in the way that like every single you know metro transit organization is yeah uh so they have all this stuff but yeah i i i don't know why it's a dot com i never actually thought about it yeah but it's just like it's definitely something where it's like yeah no this like is i don't know i don't want to say impressively competent but like like this is obviously a good I, idea i love the post office <laughs> i i do too i honestly <laughs> I maybe we've talked about this before, but well, you you've had some famously interesting and good interactions, yeah, <laughs> with your like, local postal carriers. <laughs> I feel like they've always been just like so wonderful, yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know, because like, and they just like do things that are just like I don't know when I when I moved when I was kind of first moving as I was kind of going out on my own. uh and like my parents were like, oh yeah, you gotta like change your change your address like with the post office. I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, oh yeah, you just go online and you like do it. And I was like, oh, that's gonna be so much work, like filling out some stupid forms and crap that probably aren't even do anything. And I was like, no, I just like did it and it and it did it worked. Mm-hmm. That's great. And it's just like it, it's it's just like I don't I'll know. Just forward your mail for a while. Yeah, and for such a big a big organization that like deals with so much. Yep. I'm sure junk and just crap. I. I don't have the impression that there's like all these mistakes or issues going on. It seems from my perspective, fairly controlled and like, and, and for a lot of stuff, it's just so much cheaper 
we had uh, a couple of people who moved away and they accidentally sent something that w- like a package to arrive here like the day after they moved or something like that and so they asked me to like you know just send it forward to them mm-hmm. and it was like a it was like some bed sheets or something like that from somewhere i don't know and and so i just like re- repackage it or whatever and i initially bring it to ups and cuz i was like cuz uh, the reason i tend to go to ups if it's something very small or whatever is that it's way closer or the closest UPS is like a block and a half away versus the closest mm. post office is like maybe six tenths of a mile, you know, like it's, it's, it's farther. And if you're, if you're like actually carrying things to, to bring back, it's, it's a little bit of a hike, but anyway, I, I go to UPS. I'm trying to find the text that I had with this person. When did they move? There it is. Okay. So I said the cheapest option UPS has is $54, which I yeah. did not want to unilaterally decide you need to pay. <laughs> so then I go I go check FedEx and stuff and then I was just like, "Oh, our friendly U- UPS uh, or U- our friendly local USPS won the bid." And I sent them a picture of the wonderful like printed packing slip that i could just like i got a print at home i even know that usps did this i know that like fedex and ups do this kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. i know that the usps even lets you just like pay for a package ahead of time you like put in the dimensions you do all that stuff just like ups and fedex do yeah except it came out to 14 dollars. yep to ship it from here to like new york awesome and so I sent I sent this to this person, and she was like, "How did you get that so cheap? I should have tried that before we used UPS for everything." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's oh, it's it's a good service. I don't know what to it say. Is. I I don't know. I want. Oh, do I? So now now you should I, sign I, up for informed delivery. It's free. I I'm pretty sure I will. Uh, I. I've recently had some negative experience with FedEx. Mm. Very much like a work thing, a very niche work thing in terms of like shipping stuff. Yep. Uh, but just like, it's got me thinking about just, like I can certainly understand the need to cross the T's and dot the I's in many situations and to be in way, behave in ways that many people would find pedantic. Uh, and I'm sure people get frustrated with me about these sorts of things of like me being the one to like force someone to cross the T's and dot the I's. Mm-hmm. But yo, being on the other side of it in a situation where it just like feels dumb is in- so incredibly <laughs> frustrating, especially when it's with like a huge monolithic company that does not communicate with you about what just happened Yeah, and refuses to. So then you just got to try it again with your best guess and it still don't work. And it's like, dude, like, we don't care. Like, just tell us how to do it right, please. I swear to God. Just like, please tell us how to do it right and we'll do it. We just don't know how to do it right, clearly. Mm-hmm. And like, you've now sent us something back multiple times in two days. And it's something that is being sent like next day air, clearly implying that it is time sensitive. Yep. Like, can you please just like help me yeah help me well it's frustrating and it was, it's just frustrating exactly 
Uh, I, I mean, administratively, I've never dealt with much with FedEx. I feel like and I, I've never had any specific issues on that level of like, you know, things not being delivered or not being taken for, you know, whatever that level of thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever dealt with that with FedEx. I've dealt with it with UPS a couple times. But my one thing with FedEx, which I have a, I have a very nominal, a very slight bias because my uncle uh, was a longtime pilot for FedEx. But I don't really blame the pilots because they're just in charge of just flying planes, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not involved in the typical sort of issues that people have, which is going to be with to your to your case, whatever like people are deciding, like policy decisions. Like, how do we deal with this specific package and this is not filled out or whatever, you know, whatever the issue is or the final delivery people. And this is documented on this podcast, I'm sure. But when I was moving into my first apartment in San Diego and I needed to like two day rush a cashier's check from my bank mm-hmm. um, to like put down for a deposit because that was the only thing they would accept at the apartment. Mm-hmm. And they like threw a cardboard envelope like mm-hmm. over a fence while it was raining. That was my main issue that I had with FedEx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, to not, not to get bogged down in details too much, but uh-huh. I want to share a few of the details. I would love it. Uh, so part of the problem is, so it is it like, it's related to like shipping hazardous materials. And so to a certain extent, I'm, I give a lot of leeway with it, but the issue is that, one of the biggest issues is the tracking that like do not provide people information if it is not quality information and or accurate returning a package to sender is not delivered do not mark a package on the tracking information as delivered and then providing no additional details past that it was delivered here's where it was coming from and here's where it was going to if you're returning it to the sender that is incredibly confusing to customers that happened to us twice. Uh, and the, oh, what was another one? Oh, another one was just like, like be, I don't know. Like you gotta be able to communicate with people. I don't know. But the more, the bigger thing is the whole issue is it wasn't something not filled out. It was something filled out incorrectly. Uh, that, and the thing that was filled out incorrectly, that it, it took only five days of attempting to communicate with FedEx about this is that something was labeled as DOT, not USDOT. <laughs> that was the entire problem. Awesome. A- allegedly. Yeah, it was it was wild. But you know what else is wild, Mark? Wait, I, I, have, I have one quick, I have one final uh-huh. story, because this got resolved like a week ago. Okay. okay. So I probably did talk about this at the time. But uh, in November of last year, near the end of November, I purchased something from Cotton Bureau for Aaron. Are you aware of Cotton Bureau? I I have to admit I am not. They're I not like they a retailer. Cotton. They, cotton Bureau is just like, they, they started in just like printing and fulfilling okay. t-shirts for like other brands or whatever. So like every podcast that I listen to, like if they are selling shirts, it's like... Cotton Bureau is their like printer and 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 uh, distributor for those shirts, and the store is like via Cotton Bureau, right? Um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I bought something. It was like a very nice pen for Aaron last year. And I may have already told part of the story, but it was, I was like end of December or end of November, like around Thanksgiving is when I ordered this. And I, I expecting to get this to give it to Aaron for Christmas, along with a couple other things. And uh, on January 10th, I, f- I send this email to Cotton Bureau Support saying, I'm not sure if this is something you can help with, but the tracking information on my order, order number, continues to say, moving through network in transit, arriving late, which was the status it moved to on December 4th. So it's now been stuck somewhere for over a month, which is a bummer because it was supposed to be part of a present for my wife, right? Mm-hmm. So I send this off. They do their best to like try to help, and they and they basically say like, "Look, there's nothing that we can actually do because it's with the post office at this point." So try and contact your local post office and see what they can do, right? And so I said I tried contacting contacting them, but they confirmed what I saw online. Uh, while trying to follow their missing mail process, which is that my package is, quote, not eligible for an inquiry. <clears throat> so at this point, I'm just like totally done. And so I say, I did submit an official missing mail request. So we'll see if that gets anywhere. Uh, and luckily, Cotton Bureau, this is to benefit Cotton Bureau. They're wonderful. Um, you know, they say like, thanks, we'll be in touch. Three days later, they say, Good luck, because this item that I ordered was a limited time item. It was, like, only available for, like, a month or something, mm. right? So it's, like, this I can't do anything. I can't order a new one. Like, even if I wanted to, I couldn't. And luckily, they were, like, we have a pen, like, one pen left. And they sent it to me, and I got it. Like, that was all great. Um, and since then, about once every four to eight weeks, I don't remember how, how frequently... I would get an update from USPS on this missing mail request, basically saying, beats me. <clears throat> like, your, your missing mail request, like, it's still in our system. We haven't found anything, right? Oh. And all of a sudden, not, not, it didn't show up on informed delivery. Like, n- out of literally nowhere, last week I opened up my mailbox and there's the missing pen. It just, like, appeared. <laughs> <laughs> I still have no clue how it made it here because it wasn't on informed delivery. I haven't gotten like a, hey, guess what? We found your missing item email from USPS. Like it's been nothing. And then it just showed up. Wow. So yeah. That. Okay. I, I, I will get to uh, the thing that I was segueing to, but just your wording made me think of something that I just love. Uh, and it's a it's something from like a YouTube video from like a YouTuber that I watch who was making something the company that he was working with to make this uh had not delivered on their end of things and he was like recording the conversation with the customer service essentially mm-hmm. and like kind of called them and said like hey so like we have samples that have this attribute uh that we agreed upon and then the production run like does not have this attribute and the person on the other end like i'm sure it's like it's just some poor customer service person i don't know uh but they they reply back like hmm yeah don't 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 really know what we can do about that one uh and it just like cuts to him being like that's the sound of a man 
who has tried absolutely nothing and is all out of ideas. <laughs> yep. One of my favorite and jokes. That's just it's it's just it's so <laughs> I don't know. I just I just really connected it. You know what? It'll just like I connect to Rabbits Against Magic, Mark. By Jonathan Lemon. Ooh. Ah, uh, if we have another two minutes for me to waste, let me know at the end. Uh we so we got we got we got uh one eyed rabbit and two eyed I don't remember what they're called, I'm sorry. One eyes and two eyes. Uh and they're they're kinda just like in a in a house some sort. Uh one eyes is saying like, Hey, what's with the tight fitting pants? Kinda walking in nonchalant, like pointing at two eyes like, huh. Uh and two eyes is like, Oh, it's my turn to clean the windows. And then covering his head and turning around in shame, uh while two eyes stands there in some dark colored tight fitting pants uh, exclaims oh windex not spandex ha ha grant how often do you clean glass in your apartment Ooh, not your glasses but like mirrors and stuff like that yeah um not that often i'll be totally honest um mm-hmm. i i'm like like try and put a number on it i'm just curious this is not Oof. to shame you. This is just like I'm just curious. I clean my mirror, so I don't. I so I don't clean my mirror that often. I don't clean my windows. I I do not clean my windows. Oh, for sure. Neither do I. I I have one window that I need to clean. Have needed to clean it since I moved in. I haven't done it. Um, mm-hmm. because I'm never home during the part of the day when I notice the windows dirty, because like there's like a. There's a 30-minute period in my day where the sun's coming in from the perfect direction. <laughs> you can tell somebody with a dog lived in my apartment. Because mm. a dog, like, this weird corner of this one window, and you can tell because there's, like, smears on it. Gotcha. Uh, so I need to clean that window. I'll, I'll do that tonight before I go to bed, actually, because I've been meaning to do it for a long time, and I just keep forgetting. <laughs> uh, but I, I would say I clean... Uh, I clean my bathroom mirror probably like once a m- it's like once every other time or like every third time that I like clean stuff in my bathroom to be honest. That's pretty good, honestly. Because I don't I don't like get it dirty. You have like a big mirror too though, right? Yeah, and I don't get it dirty. Yeah. Like what do I do in front of my mirror that gets it dirty? Cuz yeah. I don't I'm not one to like stand in front of my mirror and like brush my teeth with my mouth open. Yeah. Uh, cause in the morning or at night, like when I'm brushing my teeth, I'm like kind of lazy. And so like, that's what I got a recliner for. <laughs> I sit in my recliner and brush my teeth. Yeah. You got what? A little spittoon next to it or something. Honestly have considered about, I've considered that as an option of like, just like uh, having a little, a little dedicated bowl that I use, but no, I, I get up at the end and spit out in the sink. But, okay. like, I don't know. I think it's something I've adapted to. I think I needed to clean my mirrors more when I was younger. Hmm. Uh, when I would, like, first was off my own. But then I noticed how annoying that was. Yeah. And I think I've adapted my habits to make less of a mess on my mirror specifically so that I don't feel the need to clean it. Because hmm. I'm lazy. And prevention is the most uh, efficient form of laziness. That's right. Abstinence education, folks. I, I don't like that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I should 
upon further reflection, I should probably clean our mirror about like once a week, but that's because there's two of us, uh, one half of, of the people living here do do things in front of the mirror that do have a tendency to just add a little bit extra stuff to it. Um, also our mirror is incredibly small. So like, Mm. like it is maybe like the size of like an A3 sheet of paper. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like it's a small little mirror with just like the tiniest little medicine cabinet and that's it. That's That's very, that's all we get. Um, so yeah. I really because it so it takes nothing to clean it. It takes like a half sheet of a paper towel, you know, and one little spray with some window cleaner, and that's good enough. I really should just do that more often because it is nice. It's very satisfying as someone who worked in a restaurant and had to clean windows during every morning shift. Uh, there is something very satisfying about it. Mm-hmm. And when it's that small, it doesn't take that much time. I should just do it. Yeah, you know the you know the noise that uh, you make when you're cleaning a window. Uh, like how do you like noise? Yeah, like, how do you feel about that noise? Like, do you think it's satisfying or annoying? Like this sound? Sure, yeah, approximate, approximately that. So in the context of cleaning, I don't mind it. If it's someone like just making that sound to annoy oh, me, yeah, then no. it make, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Okay, okay. 